0: America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use a promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com and download the PropSwap app. We'll support you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at sgpn. That's sgpn we brought to you by Sobet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.io slash SGPN. That's sobet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts.
1: We or should win the league, I'll be in second or third. Not, I don't see... Other position for Manchester United, to be honest, I don't. I don't see. In my eyes, I don't accept that our mentality be less that to be in a top three in a Premier League. In my opinion, and that has to be drilled into everybody, of course, around the club. I think to build up a good things, sometimes you have to destroy, destroy a few things. So, why not? New here a new life, and I hope that Manchester can uh, be the level that people want, especially the fans, that they deserve that. We are capable to change things now. I don't know the specific way, because I'm a player, I'm not a coach, I'm not the president. I know the way, but as you know, I'm not going to mention here, because I think it's not ethic from my part to say that what I can say and what something that we are in on control, we can do it better. All of us. Manchester belong in important things. So we have to change that. I don't want to be here in the club to, to fight to be in the sixth place or seventh place or fifth place. or you know, I'm, I'm here to try to win, to, to compete. And I think we compete, but we are not yet in our best level, but we have a long way to improve. And I believe that if we, we change our mind, we can, we can achieve years, five weeks ago, uh, it changed many things, but uh, he time, you know, to put his ideas uh, through the players and in a pitch as well, it takes time. But I, I believe that he, he that he's gonna do it a, a good job. We knew it that we don't play the best football as I, as we we should do. But we have many, many games to improve. Uh, but. Since he arrived, I think uh, in some points we are better. But as I told you before, we need, in a time it's is it, it, not that that easy to change the mentality of players and the way they play the system and the culture uh, like that. So I believe that he he, he gonna do it a, a good job. We have to be together. We are in the same boat, and. Um, we knew it since the beginning that it will be, will be easy, so, uh, New Year, you um, have to believe that that is possible, but as I mentioned before, we, we have many, many, you have a long way uh, to change, so, but I believe, I believe that we're going to do it a, a good season. It's difficult, to be honest. When you change too much, it's it's always uh, tough. But I, I still believe that we are capable to do it a good season. We knew it. We knew it. That's gonna take time uh, to make the ideas of new coach uh, in the pitch is not is not that fast. But I'm looking forward to that we have to to be professional. We have to work hard. We have to be together uh, as the players. Uh, to change the page uh, we know that we are not in a, in the a best moment but I believe that with the work uh, working hard we can achieve uh, important things even this year
0: you are listening to bet MUFC here on the soccer gambling podcast you can follow the bet MUFC twitter account that's at bet MUFC at bet MUFC please go and follow that account guys because that's the only place where I really want to be talking about Manchester United, but at the moment we've only got fifty followers on there. So I'm having to do the tweets from at SGP Soccer and then just retweet it off the BetMUFC account or, or vice versa. So please give it a following. It's the ideal place where I want to vent and talk about Manchester United. You don't have to be a Manchester United supporter to have an interest in Manchester United. If somebody was doing a a Liverpool podcast from a from a betting perspective, obviously talking about Liverpool first in general and then closing out with analysing their games and they had a history of winning money. I would obviously listen to that show and that's what I'm doing here. We've got a good history of of making money on soccer across the last eight years. Um, I've been given the opportunity to talk specifically about my team because I support the, the biggest team in the world and I want to interact with you guys, mainly Man United supporters, of course. I want to engage with the MUFC community, even though sometimes that can be a toxic place. There are a lot of toxic communities on Twitter. I, I come from the, the wrestling community primarily and I've had numerous Twitter accounts Suspended, but yeah, I really want Bet to be the place where we are talking about Man United. My other Twitter account is, of course, at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And if you want to get additional content from me, my website is lockbetting.com. I've talked about it before a service that's delivered 103 months in a row of transparent track profit. If you want to come on the journey for the 104th, head over to lockbetting.com. If you look at the PL at SGP Soccer, the Twitter account that's at SGP Soccer, you will see that I have delivered 103 months in a row of profit. And you will see that 103rd month, the month of December. You'll also see a little write-up if you go to the post uh, indicating what we did in 2021, which is one money every single month. But we had some huge months and all those spreadsheets are available to look at by going through the lockbetting.com Patreon page. I use Patreon because it takes care of the, the payments for me and it allows me to be completely transparent. There are comments underneath every single post and um, obviously, that is great because particularly on the p ls if the P N L was in any way fraudulent, especially in this current generation, we would know about it. There would be people pointing out plays that weren't sent out. There'll be people pointing out plays that lost that aren't on the spreadsheet. There's no way in the modern day that I'd be able to get away with it if I wasn't genuinely in profit for over eight and a half years with 103 months in a row of transparent track profit delivered. I couldn't say that if it wasn't true, and just come aboard the journey for month number 104 to find out. So, moving on with this edition of Bet MUFC, usually we start at the top of the show with a, a breakdown of Manchester United's last game. That would be primarily highlights of Aston Villa slaughtering Man United like they did on Monday, but somehow. Manchester United escaped with the win. Now, we will add that audio later on before we cover Man United against Aston Villa, which is happening again this week. And it's funny how often that happens where you draw a team in a cup and then you're playing them again in a league or you're playing them in a league and then you have to play them in a cup. Seems to happen all of the time. It's almost worth betting on teams to be drawn against teams that they are playing in the league that week or or the week before. But um, yeah, so I'll add that audio Before we start talking about Aston Villa versus Manchester United this weekend at Villa Park But the big news this week was at the top of the show It was the explosive Ronaldo interview Now obviously there were some very very interesting comments in that But I don't think that the best bit of that interview or the most interesting or the most cutting part Was within that audio Now when I clicked that audio that was supposed to be the highlights of what he said I feel the highlight of what he said was this little piece of audio that I'm about to play for you now.
2: You mentioned a few interesting words there, system, which is on the pitch. You also said mentality. How crucial
1: is that? Can you be successful if the mentality isn't right? Impossible. I think it's the main point. I am always speak with my, my friends and, I, and we have a chat about football, the games, and they all speak about the system, but the system is useful if... The mentality—it's—it's it's not there in the pitch. Uh, this is why I say we have a long way to improve. Because for me, the most important thing is for you to look yourself and say, "I can do it better." I can—I can, I can tell—I can help the team uh, much, uh, much more. The system is important. Yes, it's important. Everything is important. The small details make a huge difference in the end of the day, but. For me the most important thing is the mentality for you To be professional help the team the right mentality uh, Self-talk positive. I think it's all the details depend of you not the coaches the fans the press Depends on you if you are proud of yourself and you have some dignity I think we, you have to do it much more uh, start with me uh, new year I try to improve even different things and better things um, to help the team. I think it's 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 the main point. We are all here to make the teams even better. So let's try. So when you look around that dressing it's character first and foremost before talent and the and the ball at, the, at your feet that you need. As I told you before, um, we have to have the right mentality. Uh, I looked to myself and I say, christian what you can do it better to improve your level, to help the team. Yeah, yes, I can improve other things. Maybe, don't know uh, to sprint uh, the, the, in 19 minutes if something happen, uh, to help my teammates when he suffer or he's tired. You know the small details during the, the the game and to be smart, to be intelligent, to see what the games bring. You understand because all the games is different all the places different the system the stadiums you have to be capable and and ready uh, When you suffer when you struggle in a game, you know to be compact to run for your for your teammate and uh, Be a team for me. This is why we call they call this club Manchester United So we have to be united in in the difficult moments And with all your experience of the club and the game do you think off the pitch you can be a help to some of the younger players in in that sense yes of course the mature players the older players they can help always the the young players but i, I can give you an example if if i give you advice even if you are younger than me and you if you not implant that during your daily life will be difficult you can speak uh, all day with with that person if he's not coming from inside of Within. you it's it's impossible i remember when I was 18, 19, 20, uh, some old players speak with me, but I put that as, uh, Christian you have to improve. They know more than you. They are more experienced than you. They pass through many bad moments. But the other people, they don't accept that. Uh, if you criticize, a young, I don't say this generation, the, 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 our players, mm. but in general, I have kids. I know sometimes when you be a little bit harder, they do the opposite you have to find the right balance to speak with him but in my opinion the the main point it's they should coming from inside you you should be proud of yourself and look in the mirror and say listen i give everything and i think all of us we should do that because new here we change the page we have many things to win we have to believe on that if not will be will be a A nightmare.
0: Well, there you go. And I don't think it would be an exaggeration at this point to say that the season so far has been a nightmare. To be in January and to be talking about Manchester United having no chance of winning the Premiership, to be talking about Manchester United being a team that are struggling to get into the top four, we're talking about Man United here in January being in seventh place. We're out of the League Cup, so our only chances to win a trophy comes from the FA Cup or the Champions League. And the way we're playing, we don't have any chance of winning the Champions League. We may not even get past Atletico Madrid. The only reason I think we will is because they're playing very poorly too. But then when we get through to the, the quarterfinals, if we do... Then we're coming up against the likes of Liverpool, Man United and Chelsea, three Premier League teams who are stronger than us, uh, potentially Bayern Munich. I wouldn't really fancy us against the winner of PSG or Real Madrid, so it's going to get tougher. It's going to get very, very hard. It doesn't look like we're a contender for the Champions League. The FA Cup, yeah, sure, but is just winning the FA Cup an acceptable season for Man United, especially... If we finish outside of the top four, because that's a disaster to be playing in the Europa League next season through winning the FA Cup or, or even through having a, a league position that doesn't warrant us playing in the Champions League. I don't think that trophy is going to compensate for it. If we finish in the Champions League places... And we win the FA Cup and we have a good run in the Champions League. I think Ronaldo's right. I still think we can do a good season, as he says. But what's most interesting there is how open he was and how he did, I think, throw the, the young players in the bus. And we got a real insight into what the issue was. Now, I'm not going to pretend because of that interview Um, because that interview's come out and it has somewhat swayed me. I'm not going to pretend I didn't say things I said before that interview where I did put some of the blame on Cristiano Ronaldo. and, and, And I still do, partially, because he can't be completely blameless if he comes in after what we did last season, which was finished second. And we did have a relatively good start, albeit a very light fixture schedule and Ronaldo has played through quite a hard period of that fixture schedule and now it is eased up a bit over the Christmas period but he can't be completely blameless for how things have gone and it does throw a spanner in the works when you sign a player like Cristiano Ronaldo. Stylistically, in order to implement Ronaldo into the team, you have to do things very differently to what you did last season. Last season, we were accepting um, we were accepting of having less of the ball. We were a team that did sit back. We weren't a team that played the pressing style that was becoming very fashionable all around the league with your, with your German coaches like Klopp and Tuchel and, and and even Pep Guardiola. Everybody was playing it and it would have been easy to just do that. But we had our own style. We were the only team in the top four that did things differently. We preferred to to sit in and, and soak Soak um, soak up the pressure, allowing the other teams to commit players forward on us. And then we would hit them on the fast break. We had a unbelievable playmaker in Bruno Fernandes. And we had some great pace up there. Greenwood was establishing himself. Marcus Rashford wasn't having his best season. And this season, he's even worse. He's a player that I personally don't want at the club anymore because I just don't see... Marcus Rashford improving I think he's gone far too deep into the politics I think his mind is elsewhere had he been doing this while Alex Ferguson was here he would already be out of the club Um, we also had a much better return from from Anthony Martial last season and uh, obviously Edison Cavani was contributing as well he's a great player to bring in and he is a player that does press and he's a player that does have a little bit of pace but just all together Everything that we were doing was gelling and it seemed like we are one or two players away. Ronaldo wasn't one of those players. Sancho was, yes. Sancho added to that that, that pace, pacey attack and added to what we were trying to do. He was a player that that could beat a player, uh, something that he seems to have lost, something that he seems to have left in his Bristol, Dortmund locker. But he fitted in well what we were doing. Varane sorted out that back line. We needed a better defender to play alongside Harry Maguire. Little did we know that Harry Maguire would turn to shit. And we know that's because of the the rift with Cristiano Ronaldo. But how can you fully blame Ronaldo when he's come in and tried to improve that culture? He's come in to take them from a team that finished second... And and didn't really compete for the league to a team that genuinely competed in the league by making different changes, but it seems like there's been an adverse reaction to that. Instead of being the missing piece in a jigsaw that's improved the mentality that has that has made them take that step up to compete with the Man Cities and Liverpool, it seems like they've it's had an adverse reaction and there's been a backlash where the young players are are not listening to them and it's led to an entirely frustrated camp that don't get on with each other. There's individual camps in terms of the the older players, the Spanish players, the younger players, and, and obviously it's the younger players that seem like they, they have an issue with, with, with Cristiano, where they are the ones that should have been overjoyed that he was coming in and they were getting the opportunity to have a couple of years to play with him. It hasn't worked out that way. I mean, and, and probably largely in parts to the fact that when Ronaldo comes in, he takes the positions of some of the key younger players. Our developing players are Sancho and Rashford and Greenwood. And if you put Ronaldo in the team, then, then one of them has to lose their place. And if you're playing in this current system that Ragnick's, play, Ragnick's playing, then, then more of them lose their position because we're going with two up top. And one of those now is, is Edson Cavani alongside Ronaldo. So you're now having to play... Just one of those three players, and somewhat out of position, where they're having to to get back a lot more in in that position, a position that doesn't really suit a winger, but also doesn't suit an attacking midfielder. So it's weird that Ragnik can continues to play that. Ronaldo talked there about system and said it wasn't important, but. You've got your wingers out of position and you've got Bruno Fernandes out of position. So I do feel that that should be something that, that Ragnick does have to concede, but I don't think he should concede, should concede on the work ethic. I think Ronaldo's also right about that as well. These players do need to work harder and they do need to press and they do need to improve their attitude. I mean, as I said numerous times, I've been around Carrington, I, I've seen these players. Um, I, I read a story this week from Patrice Evra, where he was talking about Alex Ferguson and Evera went on to say, one day we were tired after a game, so we decided not to sign autographs and get on the bus directly. Then suddenly we saw Ferguson signing autographs to the fans for 45 minutes and that is what Ferguson used to do, I remember. He then got on the bus and yelled at us, who do you think you are? These people pay your salary. They are coming to see you. Now fucking go and sign for them. So that was the Man United mentality. That was the Alex Ferguson mentality where the fans were the most important thing. That is not the case anymore. The Alex Ferguson mentality is dead. And what was crazy when we were when we, we've been to Team Buses or we've been to Carrington, Ole and Solskjaer was stop and sign for everybody. When the team bus was, was, was leaving for the game, well, the way it works is that the team bus comes in from, from Carrington to Manchester United the day before a game. You see the players parking up their cars and all going on the bus and then they go to the hotel. And then after the game, their cars are already at the stadium. That's how they go home. So during that time where, where they're getting onto the bus to go to the hotel, there's a lot of time where the players can go and sign for players. like So Ferguson here is talking about after the game. He's making the players go out and sign after the game where there's thousands of people from who have watched the match that come out. So that's a really hectic time. This isn't. This is the day before a game. There isn't as many supporters who know about this, maybe about 200, 300. So that's not a lot of people. And the players arrive one at a time. They do all arrive between... 6pm and 7pm if the game the next day is 3pm at Old Trafford. But they arrive between 6pm and 7pm at different times. So there's plenty of time to go out and sign. Every time I've taken my son to that, it's been Ole and Solskjaer for the full hour... And a couple of players decide to come over. They then get back on the bus. They sign one section. They then get back on the bus. They then sign one section. Uh, another couple will come out. They sign one section. But they don't all stay out for an hour. Uh, uh, like two or three of them do 20 minutes at a time. And then another two or three will come out. And then another two or three will come out. But it's not the whole team. And it just goes to show you that Alex Ferguson mentality is not there. Driving past children uh, at Carrington when there's only like seven or eight children in in the whole place that isn't that isn't the mentality of alex ferguson and obviously it's not all about signing autographs for kids i'm not making it about that don't get me wrong but if it gives you a bad impression about what's going on inside when if the if these players don't don't appreciate the, the fans and and can't stop for children and and we're so far removed from alex ferguson in that one particular aspect then what's going on inside the ground? Well, we're getting an insight what's going on inside the ground. We're we're seeing that someone like Cristiano Ronaldo has to come here and, 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 and give advice to people and guide them in a delicate way. Ronaldo's having to find a balance in terms of how he talks to these people. I mean, he's Cristiano fucking Ronaldo. but He could be the greatest player of all time. It's debatable. But he's definitely in everyone's top three. And when he comes to the club and you're a young player and it doesn't matter if he tells you in the right way or the wrong way or whatever, it doesn't matter. You you haven't earned that respect. He said it himself when he was told stuff by the older players that he listened to it. So it doesn't matter if he shouts at you and talks to you like a piece of shit. It doesn't matter if he puts his arm around you. It doesn't make a difference. He's not the manager. It's Cristiano Ronaldo. If he's telling you something, then you need to listen. And that is the problem here with these players. There is a big... Attitude issue. I, I was aware of it even before this interview. This interview has done a lot to, to echo everything that I thought was wrong here at Manchester United. I'm glad he did it. Um whether it be whether it be something that turns out to be a positive thing and the season moves in the right direction from here or whether it be something where the players felt like they threw him in a bus and things get even more toxic. I don't think this team could play any worse. That Aston Villa performance was appalling. One of the other big takeaways that I got from this interview, when you listen to Cristiano Ronaldo talk, and you hear the things that he has to say and the way he conducts himself, and his attitude towards training and, and his mentality towards winning and getting better, this is the captain. This... Man has to be the captain, whether he's pissed people off or not. I I feel that, obviously, if you're underperforming in the pitch or you've got some issue with Cristiano, then I don't think that you should play. I don't think you should play. This is Cristiano Ronaldo, and as I said, he wasn't a perfect fit. For this Manchester United team. In terms of what they were doing last season. But Ralph Ragnick is a good coach. I I know I've been harsh on him as well. I know I've said that maybe he isn't the answer. And that if he was the answer. Perhaps he would have succeeded at a big club already before this point. And why? Why hadn't he worked with a big club? And that was a big question mark for me going in. But I still believe that he's a step up from Ole and Solskjaer. A lot of these players obviously had had strong relationships with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but maybe it's because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer let them do what they want. We all remember a teacher at school that gave us an easy ride. It was it was somebody that we looked up to, that we liked then, but wasn't necessarily the best thing for us. Ralph Nagnik is the complete opposite. He's making these players work their asses off. They probably don't like it. We know they don't like staying until 5pm. That's just tough shit because you're ridiculously paid and you're playing for Manchester fucking United the biggest club in the world. Look at the legacy of this team. As, Pist- as Patrice Everett said last time out, they don't know how lucky they are. And as far as I'm concerned, when you're looking for inspiration and you listen to Slabhead Maguire talking and you listen to Ronaldo talking, I think Ronaldo has to be the captain. The, the guy in the middle of the two would be Bruno Fernandes. I think he's a good talker. I think he inspires people as well. I would play for Bruno. I don't see what you're getting from Harry Maguire as the captain. I think that immediately needs to be rectified. And I think that is a decision that Ralph Ragnick has to make. But I think while you've got him here at the club, you do install Cristiano Ronaldo as the captain. And you do speak to Cristiano and, and, and get his opinion. Like he should essentially be the assistant assistant manager at this point. He should be the club captain and he should have a say on who plays. And I do believe that we should try that. And I do believe that that will steer us in the right direction. And I do believe that he loves the club. And I do believe that he wants to win more than anybody there. He doesn't want to finish his career like this. He doesn't want to be neck and neck with Messi throughout their entire careers and finish it with a sixth place finish with Man United and be playing Europa League football next season and possibly have a a run in the FA Cup. That's not what he wants to finish. That's not how he wants to finish. That's not how he wants to finish. I believe this man wants to win more than everybody. And you can tell in that interview. So I thought that was very, very important, which is why we spent a long time talking about it. But at this point, we will move on and look at this weekend's game between Aston Villa and Manchester United. Manchester United just played Aston Villa on Monday and they scraped through with a 1-0 win. I had both teams to score as my main play. It was actually more than unbelievable that that didn't cash. And I think that that is supported here by the audio that I'm about to play you here from Monday's game.
2: United bring the curtain down on a thrilling FA Cup third round weekend. Can they book a tie with Middlesbrough in round four by beating Villa tonight? Greenwood back to shore. Clips it up. Fernandes into the ground. They could be dangerous sometimes. It's going to drop for Fred, who helps it on to Greenwood. Greenwood. Back to Fred. Fred. Oh, that's useful. Tomine. Fred goes with him, does really well there, to hold up the England striker, McGinn can hit them, Next place for himself, great strike, and pushed away by David De Gea, really excellent strike from John McGinn, Luis, nicely worked, Buendia, well held, David De Gea, he didn't catch hold of that at all, did he, Buendia? Centre of the goal needs to be finding one of the corners. He's also got Greenwood there, Fernandez, Cavani. Well pushed out by Martinez because that took a little deflection, and he did well the keeper. Smashed away by Mings back from suspension. Oh, but now at the other end, Watkins has sneaked in. Watkins. Off the woodwork Massive sigh of relief From the Manchester United defence Shaw has a go It's a rasping drive Well tipped over By Martinez Super save Here Comes the free kick Headed across the face of goal It's got in. It's squeezed in level it up nervous wait for Manchester United and for Danny Ings. VAR having a look, no goal wow, I think the foul was given for a foul like Cavani on the edge of the block to block by Ransley target Moran half away really McGinn De Gea makes a wonderful save to his left hand side stays down Rashford wets in the centre oh, I Rashford was going to go for that and so did the stretch for them but in the end things and Martinez just about get away with it the angle was difficult wasn't it Mason on that right hand side it was Manchester United through to the fourth round of the FA Cup Scott McTominay the match winner just as he was in round three last season Manchester United won Aston Villa
0: nil So yeah, we scraped through. We now face Middlesbrough in round four. And we move on to Aston Villa this weekend. The 30 kickoff tomorrow. One thing I will say about the, the VAR goal, and this isn't because I had both teams to score, that goal should never have been chalked off. That made absolutely no sense. If they are going to give the goal that West Ham scored against Leeds, where Jared Bowen was determined to not be interfering. Now, what happened was Jared Bowen was in an offside position. The goalkeeper sh- saved the shot and, and sort of spilled it. And Jared Bowen was coming in for the rebound. And the goalkeeper then had to palm it out. Rather than diving on top of it, he had to palm it out away into a, towards another player that, that, that scored. Now, it was determined that Jared Bowen, who was chasing the ball down and forced the goalkeeper to palm it out rather than just dive on top of it, which led to West Ham tapping the ball into the back of the net. Uh, I think it was Lanzini that scored. That was deemed to be not interfering with play. He was in an offside position and went for the rebound, which the goalkeeper palmed out instead of gathering, and it led to a goal. That wasn't interfering with play. But in this instance, Edson Cavani was deemed to be blocked, just blocked by a player who was initially in an offside position. So this player didn't touch the ball, he didn't go for the ball, he didn't get involved in a play whatsoever, nothing like Jared Bowen. He was standing there and Cavani was moving towards the ball, bumped into the player in an offside position. It wasn't a foul, he just blocked Cavani's path towards the ball and it was determined that Cavani was denied the opportunity of clearing the ball that led to a goal by an offside player. So, this offside player was deemed to be more active than Jared Bowen, who went for a rebound, resulting in the goalkeeper not being able to pick the ball up and it going in. Whilst Edson Cavani w- was um, was blocked from getting to the ball by a player in offside position, not deliberately, but he was just as Cavani was moving towards the ball, he had to navigate his way round a player in an offside position, uh, which I think Cavani could have easily done by walking, by running around him. But but instead, what happened, happened. So they really need to sort this VAR out. Uh, it's a complete mess at the moment. It's messy enough that we have the FA Cup and you have VAR at the Premier League grounds and not at other grounds. Everton were the victims of that. So that is a little bit ridiculous. But what's even more ridiculous is that when you use VAR, it's two completely different rules at two completely different grounds. And, uh, and none of the players agreed with that goal being disallowed. So if you guys bet that free play that I gave out on Villa Manu, you really should have cashed. So hopefully we can get you something that cashes here in this game. Aston Villa are the 2-1 to underdogs here in this one. It's 12-5 to on the draw. And Man United are the five to four favourites to pick up the win here in this one. If you watch that game on Monday, I don't know how you can be back in Manchester United as a favourite, especially when it's not 100% that Cristiano Ronaldo will be playing. Obviously, if Ralph Ragnick played that style, Manchester United could adopt back to the strategy of last season where they allow Villa to have more of the ball, soak up the pressure and try and hit them on the counter-attack with their pasty attack which could be Rashford, Greenwood and Sancho. But we know how out of form Rashford is. He's so out of form that we actually have Man United fans on Twitter saying that we should play Alanga. Just because Alanga came on and put out a pretty big effort Whereas Marcus Rashford was too lazy to go for a rebound, which he could have easily got to and scored and made that game 2-0 and put Aston Villa out of sight. But um, I don't want to see Marcus Rashford playing tomorrow. I would like to see Ronaldo playing. Hopefully he is fit because I do feel that this Manchester United team desperately owe the fans a performance. We've heard them make statement after statement after statement. The game after the Wolves game, which was the Villa game, was supposed to be a big reset, according to Harry Maguire, who wasn't even playing. And um, we didn't see that. Despite the fact that Man United got away with the win, you would have to say that they were incredibly lucky to get that win. So, for me, they're unbackable tomorrow. But what is very, very backable, and what I felt like was completely the right side, was the free play on both teams to score. So I see no reason not to go with that again, as it should have definitely cashed as a play for us on Monday. Aston Villa have scored in all nine of their home games in the Premier League. Man United have scored in all 12 of their away games in all competitions this season. And Manchester United's 1-0 win over Villa actually meant that the hosts have now lost five of their last seven. So perhaps some of the shine is coming off the the, the Stephen Gerrard appointment after he made a good start. And the key bit of day here is both teams' to scores landed in five of Villa's eight games. And they have just one clean sheet during that run. So it's weird. Man United won the game. But I'm more worried about Man United not scoring than I am Aston Villa. Because, off the back of that performance, if they start like that and they create those chances again, they will score in this game. Obviously, Varane makes Man United a little bit solid, but I still don't think he's 100%. And then, of course, we, we may have Harry Maguire coming into that back line on uh, tomorrow. So I don't think that fills me with, with positivity either, especially with Maguire coming off an injury. Um, a couple more stats here. Five of Man United's last seven Premier League away games have seen both teams score. And Aston Villa's last two Premier League games have been defeats with both sides scoring. I would love that if Man United can come away with a win and we end up cashing a play on both teams to score. That would be the perfect scenario but I'm not here to give you the the perfect scenario for me personally. I'm here to give you a good play. And for me, I would once again rewriting the both teams to score selection. And that one here is available for you in this one at three to four. So both teams to score here in this game is going to be my lean for the Aston Villa Manchester United game here. And once again, that is available at three to four. That concludes this edition of... MUFC. Make sure you check out the other podcasts, Messa Italia and the EPL show currently available. The next edition of MUFC will, of course, be looking at the game against Brentford and looking back at this game. But we are going to add three Premier League games to it because there's Premier League games midweek. There's no point putting out another edition of the EPL show to cover them. So not only are you going to get a, a review of this Villa game and a preview of the Brentford game, you're going to get three Premier League games, three bonus games covered here on the next episode. That's it for me. Good luck of all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.